Welcome to the What's What Weekly Wrap-Up. Today's show focuses exclusively on features from the WFUV Newsroom. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And here are this week's feature stories. New York's 34th District has one of the highest rates of displacement by fire, but their representative Jennifer Gutierrez hopes to combat that statistic through a first-of-its-kind fire safety pack. WFUV's Maya Sargent spoke with Councilmember Gutierrez to discuss how this guide will help New Yorkers when they're at their most vulnerable. Every winter, it's literally called fire season. That's Jennifer Gutierrez. She's the council member for District 34. That includes Williamsburg and Bushwick in Brooklyn and Ridgewood in Queens. Her district has one of the highest rates of displacement through fire. Smoke and flames bursting from a building in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. The fire broke out around 3 More than a dozen people from a fire in Brooklyn this morning. One is out of Brooklyn. Crews are on the scene of an apartment fire in Williamsburg. where Gutierrez has decided to address these statistics. Along with her team, she's created a new fire emergency response packet to help New Yorkers when they lose their homes due to fire. The idea is that with this guide, you have a really good like step-by-step guideline of what to do. Gutierrez explains the guide will give tenants advice on what will happen next following a fire. It also gives suggestions for what tenants should be doing. Making sure that you're calling National Grid and Con Ed to ensure that your gas and your light has been cut off. Oftentimes, the landlord doesn't do that. Um, if you're able to temporarily relocate, um, understanding that throughout the investigation, you might have to give access. If you are relocated very far away, something you can do is buy a lockbox to keep the key nearby. Gutierrez says these practices are often forgotten, but are so crucial. So some things that like I think I didn't even think about until it was in this guide, right? She says it will have all the basic information stored in one accessible place. These are where local food pantries are. This is uh, the direct number to DSS, the Department of Social Services, so you can start applying for food stamps. This guide is the first of its kind in New York City. Um, That there's not a central document for for folks or a central like site for everyone to know where to go. Gutierrez says she is shocked it didn't exist before especially considering how common fires are in the winter. I mean, sadly, we've seen a lot more fires related to to e-bike batteries and charging batteries, heaters, and uh, those like overexerted power strips, unfortunately. E-bike batteries have been the cause of 33 fires so far in 2023. But Gutierrez says customers are often not aware of the dangers. We're trying to move that responsibility from the consumer to the manufacturer and then the the retailer. Mayor Adams has recently passed legislation to ensure this, requiring companies to meet certain standards. He's also banning the resale of bikes and batteries. Gutierrez says she is happy to be a supporter of these bills, and it's often difficult to engage with victims. What we find is us as as even government officials, it's really it's really challenging to interface with these victims just because of privacy reasons. This was one of the main reasons for the creation of the fire safety packet. But at its core, she's just happy she can help the constituents of her district. A uniform way for any victim of a fire to know that this guide exists and where they can access it in physical form or or digitally. You can find the fire emergency response packet at www.council.nyc.gov slash Jennifer Gutierrez. For WFUV News, I'm Maya Sargent. That was WFUV's Maya Sargent talking to Councilmember Gutierrez to help New Yorkers who have been displaced by fires. In 1992, a group of New Yorkers gathered in Washington Square Park to participate in the first unsilent night. 
Each person had a boombox preloaded with a cassette tape. Each tape featured a different track from the four-part electronic piece created by composer Phil Klein. After gathering folks in the park, Klein counted to three and the group pressed play. Slowly, the music filled up the park and Unsilent Night was born. Unsilent Night 2023 took place earlier this week, so we're revisiting last year's celebration when WFUV's Megan Oftermat went downtown to check out its 30th anniversary. I remember the moment we started it. Uh, we were sort of near the Washington Square Arch on Fifth Avenue, and just the way the sound bounced along the streets, it just seemed to come from nowhere and everywhere. It sounded great. And after we were done, somebody said, let's do it next year. That's Phil Klein, the composer of Unsilent Night. And what you just heard was his four-part piece, filling up the emptiness of Washington Square Park on a cold, crisp night in December. Klein has been leading this group from the Washington Square Arch to Tompkins Square Park every year for the past 30 years. His daughter, Clementine, has been counting down for the past 15. I don't remember coming up with the idea. It was just suddenly there. Write a piece of music that's the length of one 90-minute cassette. That's 45 minutes on one side. And write it in four tracks so that when people get together, they'll be playing slightly different things. And all these decades later, people are still pressing play on one of the four tracks. I haven't chosen four before, so I'm excited. I never go for four, so why not? That's Liz DeVino. She's a composer herself. She's been a part of this communal orchestra 10 times. This time, she and her friends came early to get some of Klein's preloaded vintage boomboxes. I think it's going to be kind of cacophonous, all these, these different tracks playing at the same time, and it might be strangely beautiful, or it might just be like an audio mess. I'm just going to play whatever's on the boombox. Oh, it's a surprise. Oh, there we go. Davino bends down to look at the yellow tape numbering the boombox, but it looks like her friends are in for a surprise. While this group is sporting Bluetooth speakers and vintage boomboxes, others in the crowd have brought homemade devices. I am holding what I call the phono stick. It is a phonograph wireless speaker on a stick. I used to run the Unsilent Night in San Francisco, and this is how I, I led the, the procession. That's Aaron Almanza. He runs the LGBT National Help Center. I saw him and his phono stick from across the park and made a beeline for him. So this is my first time here. Uh, definitely more people. Uh, that's great. But Aaron says there's something New York and San Francisco have in common. The same camaraderie, people talking to each other. That's always been my favorite part of hearing the conversations as people wander through it. Other cities have been hosting on Silent Night for years. In 2000, Klein got an email from someone in Tallahassee, Florida. And that's when the music started to make its way around the country and eventually the world. And uh, they were the very first ones to do it outside of New York. And then over the next few years, it just started picking up in all sorts of ways. More and more people wanted to do it. And then my crowd started getting bigger. In the early 2000s, we had crowds of seven or 800. One year, it was well over 1,000. It was kind of scary. Now, Klein says the piece has taken on a life of its own. It's a little bit like parenting in the sense that if you're lucky, you just see your child and you realize at a certain point, you're going to be fine without me. 
they're really good kids. And I feel like that with that way about the piece. It's a really good piece. Uh, it works for a lot of people. It's very flexible, can be done anywhere. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, it's kind of Christmassy, but it's uh, whatever. It's like a winter meditation too. Basically, the, the, the dominating thing is kind of like a snowy, tingly, shimmering, oscillating, moody with, with chanting. And it ranges between contentment and sheer joy. Somebody said, why did you write it? I said, as a gift. And then I realized it's a gift to me too, so. Thank everybody for coming and being part of it every year. With WFUV News, I'm Megan Oftermat. That was WFUV's Megan Oftermat reporting from Washington Square Park about the legacy of Unsilent Night in New York City. And that's it from us. But you can check out the What's What Weekly wrap-up every week for more features exclusively from the WFUV newsroom. And make sure to check out the WFUV What's What daily podcast every weekday at 3 for the latest local news and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find out more at WFUVnews.org. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And that's What's What.